inside. Kempe dishes in front. Another sliding catch saved by Flurry. This time to his right. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here is a left wing opportunity. Lizada sliding pad save. Robin Leonard, what a stop. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Rolling along, hour number two, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman, special guest co-host Dave Gosher joining us today. And it's a big day, as you all know. The Seattle Kraken set to select their team, becoming the 32nd franchise in the NHL, currently in the NHL right now. And it'll be interesting to see what differences there are in terms of where the Seattle Kraken eventually end up. We have seen some of the selections. We have seen some of the leaks throughout the day. But there there has to be some side deals. There has to be some things. And, you know, Dave, you, I want to go back to a question that you asked me uh, about, you know, the NHL and, and the Golden Knights and their expansion and all those side deals. And the only thing that I kind of go back to is if I'm a general manager in this situation going through it a second time, I don't make a side deal. I say, you take a player, you take whatever player it is. I'd rather just lose one asset than multiple assets. But the the great equalizer in terms of this expansion draft is the flat cap and how many general managers are looking at that flat cap and saying, okay, if I can entice you to take off to take a player that maybe you don't want to, but it gets some cap off my books. I think that might be something that's in play here for Seattle. Yeah, I would agree with you, Ryan. I think that, uh, you know, you, you wonder. That's why I kind of wondered a little bit with even somebody like a Tarasenko, right, with St. Louis. Like he's making a lot of money. Yeah. But, you know, what if, what if you know, we, all right, if you're the Kraken, we'll take him. And only, but, you know, can you keep some of his salary? Um you know, same thing with a Matt – I guess even a Ryan Johansson or a Matt Duchesne. But, yeah, that's the yeah. other part of it, I guess, now, right, is, you know, could you have some teams eat some of that salary? And that wouldn't surprise me either if, if they're able to, you know, when they move forward here, um, if that's a piece of the puzzle. I mean, there's some – you know, now that – you know, looks like we're at top of the hour here past it. I mean, there's some pretty good players that are going to move on to Seattle. You know, we mentioned Mark Giordano. Jordan Eberle is going to leave the New York Islanders. Jonas Donskoy is going to leave Colorado. Um, you know, you've got some guys there that are that are pretty well-respected players in the league that could be difference makers for this team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it all comes down to the, that math equation. Um, you know, with the Golden Knights where, where they really shined four years ago was, you know, getting Marcheseau and Smith from Florida, right? Getting Howla yeah. and Tuck from Minnesota. Uh, Clayton Stoner and Shea Theodore from Anaheim. But a lot of that was, all right, we'll take this player. We also want to lose this player off our books. So you've got to take him too. Um, for the Golden Knights, they were more than happy to do it to get players of that, you know, of that caliber. So, again, I would think the league has smartened up and did a, you know, and really took a, did a deeper dive into what's the best way to set up our team. You know, the Golden Knights didn't have to do it, obviously, because they, you know, they weren't exposed to here in the expansion draft. They also didn't get the $21.5 million that every other team's going to get, but that's beside the point, you know. So, um, but, yeah. you know, I, I think that if I was, uh, you know, running another team, I would have taken a long, hard look at, um, you know, what we did four years ago and, and what we're going to do here and what they did in 2021. 
Now, as we kind of look ahead toward the Seattle Kraken and, and what this team's going to look like at the end of the night, we bring in former Golden Knights defenseman Derek Anglin to talk about his memories of the expansion draft in 2017, where he was selected by the Vegas Golden Knights. Hey, Derek, thanks so much for joining us here today. How are you doing? How's the offseason treating you? Well, it's going pretty good. Uh, getting a little traveling in and uh, enjoying uh, some family time. Trying to stay out of the heat. It's uh, cooling down a little bit now, so that's kind of nice. Derek, I heard you on a on a, a on the the big uh, the NHL radio situation earlier today. So obviously, you get around. You're a popular guy. And I heard that there was talk of a. Are you going to Tahoe on some wine situation here? Is that how you're slumming it here in the summertime? Is that true? Yeah, I got to go up there tomorrow and come back Friday, and then I fly to Wisconsin to go see uh, some family. So, um, getting the traveling done. We didn't uh, have much of an off season last year, so trying to get it all into now. Now, Derek, when you look back on 2017, when you look back on the expansion draft, what are some of the things you remember, not so much the day of the draft or, or, or the night before, but kind of the week leading up to it? What are some of the things you remember leading into that day? Uh, well, I didn't think, because uh, I was a free agent uh, after that, I, I, I didn't actually think there was didn't hear anything from uh, Vegas or anything leading up until Sunday before the draft. So it was pretty quiet, and we were hoping that uh, somehow it worked out. And um, we were just kind of waiting to see, and we thought it might be free agency, not uh, in the expansion draft. But uh, luckily enough, we uh, we got selected. We found out Tuesday uh, the night before. So we were extremely happy that uh, we got to come here and finish the career. I know, Derek, I think you've told a story that your wife had already made up, like, Golden Knight shirts with your name and number on the back. Like, she was trying to get any positive vibes possible that you would come to Vegas to kind of, you know, play out the final few years of your career. Could you kind of touch on that a little bit, that she was she was all in, that you, you had to be a part of this here? Yeah, no, she, she was making up shirts even before the uh... – the team was uh, the Golden Knights. She had five in and Las Vegas on the shirt. And uh, she actually had the right color. She, she had silver and gold, but not, you know, but uh, she had dialed right in. Yeah, she was throwing out the vibes. Um, we were building a house that year, too. And my, my builder actually brought dirt from uh, T-Mobile when they were uh, excavating <laughs> from there to build up the lot. He thought it would be uh, a little extra putting it out there so he he helped out too so um, yeah they're throwing vibes out everywhere so Derek like with all that going on kind of in the background how, how important and how special was it for you to be there at the expansion draft revealed as one of a handful of players that that were the original Vegas Golden Knights yeah it was, it was amazing um you know to see all the fans there for the awards and stuff but just to see the re- reception that the fans uh gave us and and especially flower he you know fan favorite right before he was even announced you know so uh it was pretty special to see all that and uh, be a part of that and the next day we got to do some stuff around town which was pretty cool so it was uh it was a whirlwind couple days but it was a lot of fun and uh you know it'll go down in the memory banks for sure derek we kind of ran down the entire list of the the, the guys that were taken that night in the expansion draft by the Golden Knights. And there were, you know, there were some players, obviously, like yourself, Marc-Andre Fleury. There was a lot that were key cogs in the machine that first year. And then other players that 
that didn't factor into it. But the night of the expansion draft, when it was all said and done, or maybe even the next day, did you look at the roster that you had and, you know, what what did you make of it? Did you think, yeah, we might have a chance to be pretty good? Or what was your mindset over the, you know, the ensuing couple of days? Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, you look at uh, not just the, the draft, but the trades that they had, uh, uh, it was all, it was amazing. Like, you never expected to get all those trades, you know. You know, you get Theodore for taking Stone, Stoney and, uh, you know, taking Marchie, you get Smitty, you know. So there was a lot of stuff you didn't see until uh, that night. And uh, looking at the thing, I, you know, I thought uh, we'd be much more competitive than everyone thought we were going to be. Um, you know, I obviously didn't think we were going to make it as far as we did. But at first I thought, uh, you know, we're going to have a competitive team that's going to have a lot of fun and uh, a tight-knit group. Derek Englund joining us here as we break down the 2017 expansion draft from a player's perspective and also get some insight into uh, the Seattle Kraken expansion draft. And, and, you know, Derek, it's interesting because when you looked at that original roster and you, you look at a team that's competitive and then you see where the Golden Knights ultimately went year one, the fact that that team made the Stanley Cup final, uh, it, it's no sh- nothing short of, of amazing when you look back on it. At, at what point during that first season did you recognize that there was something special in the room at the, and that this team could actually go on a run and go deep in the playoffs? Uh, I think there was two times during the season that I thought, okay, we're we got to keep her going. And uh, the first one was, I think it was the end of November, beginning of December, which uh, the father's trip, uh, we went into Nashville and I want to say we won in the sh- overtime or shootout. Uh, Subi was at net. And then the following night we were in Dallas and uh, Max Legacy we won that night. So back-to-back in two tough buildings. Uh, they are two good teams, too. Uh, that was the first one. And then the next one would be uh, the, right before Christmas break and right after. I think we pay, played, uh, I don't know the order, Washington, Tampa, Pittsburgh. So the big big three from out east, and uh, we won all three of those games. So um, those were the two spots in the in the season. Like You almost had to sit back, you know, or Christmas break. We got a good good thing going, and um, you know, talking to other older guys um, around then, you know, everyone loved uh, Vegas at that point. No one wanted to leave, so we all knew that we had to keep her going in order to uh, to, to all stay. Because if we didn't, uh, a lot of us probably would have got traded away uh, for assets uh, that year. It's amazing, Derek, how your team that year changed everything from an expectation level for expansion teams. You know, you think about in years past, I mentioned this earlier, the Ottawa Senators came into the NHL in 1992 and they won 10 games all year, you know, and you guys changed all of that. And I just wonder, you know, what the expectation is going to be like for Seattle this year. You know, they, they're they the first team to come in since you guys, you know, had that magic carpet ride in, in 17 and 18, but – you know, now that it's in you know rearview mirror a few years, you know, do you do you think back and are you just kind of blown away by what you guys were able to do? Because no one had ever done that in any sport, you know, any expansion team. Yeah, no, it's uh, looking back, even the last, the other years too. Now to make it to the final final four, three of the four years is amazing for any team, let alone uh, an expansion team. So. Um, it's 
I think we definitely set the bar high, and um, you know, the, Seattle's going to have some. You know, they're going to get compared to the Knights' expansion draft, our expansion team, every everything they do. But uh, you know, you never know. They got uh, there's a lot of good players on that list, and uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they come out of this. Now, in terms of Seattle, from an expectation standpoint, like what what do you think are realistic expectations for this club going into year one? Oh, I, I think you know. I, you ask any hockey player, and your expectations every year doesn't matter who you are is make the playoffs, and that's your goal, and go from there. You know, you get in the playoffs, and uh, anything can happen, and uh, you know they're going to have the same expectations. You know, you see. I don't know if the leaked leaked uh, names are are a hundred percent or not, but uh, you know they got some good players. You know they got a guy like Geo. He's a he's a phenomenal guy in the locker room on the ice, great leader. You know guys like that. They're they're going to compete, and um, you know you have a, I don't want to say a weaker division, but there's some teams that are rebuilding and stuff, and. Everyone's saying that it's going to be the weakest division out of all four and uh, this year coming up. So you never know. They could uh, surprise a lot of players. Teams. Well, I, I said earlier, Derek, and, and I, you know, I agree with you. Look, it, it is what it is. The California teams are all kind of in a, a bit of a rebuild. You even look at Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver, not really quite sure where they're going. And then you've got the Golden Knights, who are obviously the class of the division, and you've got the Seattle team. I wanted to – you know, some of the names, and now it's out, right? I mean, ESPN is doing this big unveil show as we speak. But, you know, obviously your former teammate and Mark Giordano, um, former captain of the Flames, Adam Larson, Jamie Alexiak coming in as free agents, Vince Dunn, Carson Soucy from Minnesota, uh, the goaltenders, Chris Drieger from Florida. He's going to sign, it looks like, a free agent deal. Vitek Vanacek from the Capitals, Joey Decord coming over from Ottawa. Um, how about some of the forwards, Derek? Yanni Gord. You know, picked up uh, from Tampa, Jonas Donskoy, Jordan Everly. You got some any any of those names that you've seen, or maybe that I've just run down. In addition to Giordano, that kind of pique your interest the most. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, like all the guys you just named, Yanni yeah. Gord won two cups in a row. He's he was a huge. That third line was dominant. They, they were huge. Uh, you could play up and down your lineup. You got guys like Jordan Everly, extremely skilled. Like they're. And and their D, like you said, their D are uh, they're going to be pretty solid. So um, they're going to they're going to be competitive right away. I think. You know, Derek, and, and then there were some names that were out there, big in terms of uh, of goaltending for sure. Carey Price. You look at PK Subban. That was a name that was out there for Seattle. Vladimir Tarasenko, even Alex Ovechkin was out there and available. It just kind of speaks to the pool of overall talent that there is in the game right now, but the pool of talent that the Seattle Kraken had to to pick from. And I think that that kind of also informs the expectations based on the success of the Golden Knights year one and what was available this time around for Seattle. I think it's hard to, to look at this team and not expect them to be good night in and night out yeah for sure like uh, i don't know how available Ovechkin was i'm pretty sure he'll be uh signing back in washington but uh uh that's my my opinion you know if he waits till uh you know i'm sure he doesn't want to leave there so he waits till after they get protect extra guys so i'm sure a lot of that uh plays in the factor but 
Yeah, there's a lot of big names left off. Big, you know, carried like you said, Carey Price, Tarasenko, but um, yeah, like you said, I think they're going to be competitive right away. They got some good players that uh, you know, you know how it was uh, for us playing your old team. Everyone kind of came out with that chip on your shoulder, and I don't expect it to be any different here. Good for hey, the Vegas Golden Knights that we didn't lose anyone, but uh, <laughs> you know the other teams. Hey, last one for you for me, Derek, and just um, ESPN also announced here that uh, the season opener for the Seattle, the franchise opener for the Seattle Kraken will be against the Golden Knights in Vegas. Great way for them to start it out, right? The last two expansion teams, they'll open the season against each other. I hadn't seen a date on it just yet, but it'll be Seattle coming to Vegas for their franchise opener here uh, in the second week of October. One question for you. Derek on the Golden Knights as we look ahead to you know a new season here still a little ways down the road but it'll be here before we know it uh, if you had an area of you know if you had a little bit of a checklist of areas you might want to see them improve upon the most or potentially upgrade uh, what would be on that for you for the Knights yes oh uh, you know, I think um, a little more uh I don't want to say grit, like tough, not toughness, but grit. Uh, you know, a little more net front presence, guys. Uh, guys that uh, are going to go there and make it difficult in front of their net. Um, you know, they had phenomenal goaltending. Whoever was in there, their their D were didn't give up much. Um, the skill up front is is great, but uh, you know, it's tough to beat goalies nowadays unless guys are in front and they're creating havoc there. And I. I think that that would be the one thing that uh, I would address this year for sure. Now, just in terms of, of the Vegas Golden Knights and, and kind of as you've gotten a little bit of time separating the the way the season ended for Vegas in Game 6 against Montreal to kind of where you are now, uh, it, what what lessons, if you were in that locker room, what lessons do you pull out of that loss to the Canadians that you bring into next season, hoping to get over the hump and get to the Stanley Cup final? Yeah, I, I think you can pull out the last two years. Um, it, it's the exact same thing I just said. Uh, the net front presence, uh, you know, I know some of the goalies played phenomenal and stuff, but like I said, our, our goalies played the same, but... Uh, you know it's tough to uh, to um, tough to score if no one's there and making it hard, especially on guys like Price and and even our goalies or all the goalies around the league. They're so big, so hard to score against. And unless you're going to go to that area and uh, create havoc there, it's uh, you make their job a lot easier. Hey, Derek, uh, we really appreciate you taking a few minutes today to talk with us about the Expansion Draft 2017, your memories as well as what the expectations are for the Seattle Kraken. Uh, Hopefully we can get you on again uh, as we get closer to training camp next year. But thanks for taking the time today, and we will chat with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Derek. That is the voice of Derek Englund, former Golden Knights defenseman. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it's always interesting for me to kind of hear what that first-hand account was of the expansion draft. And and for me, the, the biggest thing going into that draft with Derek was whether or not it was going to be a player selected from Calgary or if it was going to be a, a signing in free agency. And I think the, the fact that Derek was 
available and around for the expansion draft show and there among the Golden Knights was such an awesome, awesome moment. And I'm, I'm glad that you look at it and say, you know what? Could you have had the player in free agency? Sure. But they should be a part of this. And I think that that went a long way for Derek Englund and for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, I think too, Ryan, that, you know, and I, I just wanted to kind of bring that up with him because I'd heard him tell the story before about, you know, his wife was, she was just any positive juju you could get. You know, she had the jerseys made up even before there was a logo. <laughs> you don't even have the logo yet. And, uh, you know, she was a power of positive thinking, I guess. And it was interesting to hear him say that, you know, it wasn't really until the, until the night before that they had worked something out and he knew he was going to be coming to Vegas. And, uh, yeah, it's hard to believe, you know, and when you think back on it now and, and you kind of look at it in the rearview mirror, but just, you know, what this franchise has been able to, to accomplish here in four years, obviously the ultimate prize is still, um, you know, out there for them. Um, and I think if anything, there's been a lot to learn over four years and maybe the, maybe the number one thing on that, list would be it is very hard to win the whole thing you know the you know if you look at some of the the heartaches that the Tampa Bay Lightning went through um, before winning two in a row you know they lost in the final in 2015 lost game seven of the East final at home twice obviously being upset by Columbus in 2019 but you know there were a lot of a lot of uh, scar tissue on that team you know obviously they made some key acquisitions but you know, by the time it got to last year and then again this year, they were just not going to be denied. But, you know, for the Golden Knights, what they've been able to accomplish here over a four-year period, um, you, you know this much, they're far from satisfied, nor should, should they be satisfied because they they have built this. And a lot of it, Ryan, was – and Derek kind of touched on this, and it's probably worth repeating. You know, it, it the expectation level from that first year or what came out of that first year changed everything. There was also a school of thought that, and Derek just mentioned this, that if they were out of it, come the trade deadline in the, you know, 2018, there were going to be a lot of guys kind of dealt away. Let's build for the future. Let's get some draft picks. Maybe you get a decent prospect, whatever the case might be. Well, they couldn't do any of that. They were in the position of adding players. <laughs> you know, that was the heck with that. Let's go on the plan B, which is, you know, we're one of the top five teams in the NHL in our first year. Uh, we, we, you know, they, the team, you know, they've, they've earned the right, you know, for, for management to strengthen the team, not take away from it. So, yeah, that's kind of an interesting footnote that I had kind of forgot about that I think that was part of the mindset as well. They're, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, but we'll – We'll try to get some assets for the future. Well, that, you know, we all know how that turned out. Yeah, 100%. It was the Golden Knights players playing for each other and, and going out there. Derek also mentioned the the desire to go out and play against the team that, that you played for last year and show well and win a hockey game. And, you know, it, it's so interesting to kind of think about that year one for the Vegas Golden Knights. And now we've got a, a close proximity comparable to, to what – the Golden Knights were able to do year one, and we can compare and contrast that to what the Seattle Kraken are going to do year one. So I, I just think it's really, really exciting and fun going into this season, knowing that we've got another uh, another experiment in expansion right in the division with the Golden Knights. I think that's really special, too. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, I mentioned earlier, they've, they've announced here that the Kraken and the Golden Knights are going to open the season against each other here in Vegas. So you've got... Yep. The last two teams to come into the NHL that are going to face off in, in their season openers uh, here 
in October. And I think the the nice thing about it to me, Ryan, as well is, you know, I mentioned earlier about, um, you know, the Golden Knights blowing the expectations out of the water for expansion teams. Um, the other side of that coin would be, and, you know, Bill Foley spent $500 million to get an expansion team four years ago. That now is $650 million that the ownership group with the Seattle Kraken have laid out on the table to get into the NHL. So I think if – I got to believe part of the, the thought process is if you're going to lay out that sort of money to get into the league, you should have yeah. an opportunity at least to be competitive right off the bat. And, mm-hmm. you know, the Golden Knights, you know, did that and then some in year one. But you shouldn't have to struggle for years on end before you're, before you're competitive or a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. So – you know, there's a long way to go between coming into the league and drafting your team, your first-ever team like Seattle's doing right now as we speak or as the Golden Knights did four years ago. It's a long way between that draft night and all of a sudden the Golden Knights are competing for the Stanley Cup in their first year. That's just – that's, you know, beyond all comprehension. But, you know, there's a middle ground there of which you should be able to be competitive. You should be able to build and, and be a good team in the league. And – and I hope Seattle's able to do that. And I think they will have a chance right off the bat. Some of that's going to be by virtue of the Pacific Division is not very strong. It's just what it is uh, these days. Mm-hmm. But also I think that, you know, they look at the example, I would think, of what Vegas did in year one. And, and they saw firsthand you don't have to struggle for years on end. You can be a difference maker or at least have the potential to be a difference maker right off the bat. Absolutely. Agree 100%, Dave. Hey, I know you got to get out of here, but thank you so much for jumping in with me on this show today. It's been a lot of fun, and hopefully we can do it again soon. Yeah, I enjoyed it, Ryan. Yeah, fun day and a fun day for the NHL for sure. Thanks for having me on. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dave Gosher. Thanks to Dave for joining me. Thanks to Sage Sammons for setting everything up. And when we come back, we've got one-timers next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Brought to the near wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show. One-timers, your look around the NHL, and obviously the Seattle Kraken are taking center stage today. However, I I do got to ask you, Chris Chapman, before we get into the meat and potatoes here. How many side deals are you expecting out of Seattle? And I ask that because, as you know, and as we've talked about on the program, a lot of the Kraken's roster has been leaked earlier today before the expansion draft show that's currently on right now. When you looked at the roster, you had to assume, you had to expect that there were some additional transactions that were going to be taking place. Yeah, as we stand right now, nothing has has proven to be. So how many side deals are you expecting, Chris Chapman? Well, my my initial thought was there were going to be a lot. Because yep. when I looked at the initial roster, it was, well, underwhelming, I guess, was probably the word that, that I would use. A lot, of, a lot of really young, unproven players. So I was like, all right, well, there, there had to, like the Morgan Geeky thing, like there had to be a deal, right, to not take Jake Bean. There had to be a deal with Carolina. Nope, it doesn't appear that that's the case. They are more than halfway through the Eastern Conference, and they have not announced any side deals yet. Um, 
when we spoke before the show, I said, oh, eight. There'll be at least eight. <laughs> there haven't been any as Nathan Bastion gets selected by the Kraken from New Jersey. So there's another another not non-side deal. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's really interesting. Like, maybe you would have thought New Jersey would have said, hey, take P.K. Subban's contract and we'll give you this. I mean, the Devils have a lot of draft picks. Maybe we'll give you draft picks. Maybe we'll give you something else to take P.K. Subban and his contract. Nope, that didn't happen. So it's interesting for me because I feel like there's still something coming, right? Like we didn't spend all day with an understanding of what this Seattle Kraken team was going to look like without there being some type of twist, some type of of plot change that we're just not seeing in front of us right now. So I'm holding out hope. I know we've got about another hour left in in the program for the expansion draft. I'm holding out hope that there's something in there that knocks my socks off because outside of that, if I already knew everything going into it, it completely ruins the product on TV for me. Well, yeah, like what's the point? Like I'm watching the show hoping to see side deals because I know the entire roster already. And there's really no point to the show other than to showcase... uh, Ron Francis's shiny gold necklace and uh, this beautiful waterfront <laughs> park that they have in Seattle where they're doing Gasworks Park where they're doing. The, by the way, really good turnout and looks like fantastic weather in Seattle for the draft. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of anticlimactic because I, I know the roster. I'm like, eh, eh, okay. All right, let's go. Let's hurry. Let's get to the side deals. And there haven't been any yet. I wonder. I really wonder if they're just going to do them all after. Right, because with Vegas, yeah. it seemed like, if I remember correctly, it happened as they were. All right, Vegas has selected from the Columbus Blue Jackets David Clarkson side deal, William Carlson draft picks. Ooh, okay, so Jordan Eberle was just selected for the Seattle Kraken from the New York Islanders, and he's out in a white Kraken jersey. Yes. They are gorgeous. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. If nothing else, the jerseys have stolen the show, and that is something you can tune in for. But a a piece of news that did come out of the expansion draft show, something we didn't know going into it, is that the Kraken's franchise opening game will be on the road in Vegas. Your thoughts on that? Why not? Let's get the last two teams that the NHL has Mm -hmm. added. To play each other, yep. and and honestly, I I think it would be very cool if Vegas returned the favor, and they were the very first opponent that the Kraken hosted in their what was it Climate Change Arena? Is that the, what is the name of the the arena that they're playing in? It's not not it's, Climate Change. It's, it's Climate Climate Pledge Arena, and yeah, a home and home to start the season would be fantastic. Of course, the Kraken visiting Vegas, Vegas visiting Seattle. I think that would be a great way to start the Kraken organization off on the right foot. And you know what? It is justice for the Golden Knights, who in 2017 had to go on the road to play their first ever game in franchise history. I like the fact that the Kraken are also... Yeah, the Kraken are also going out on the road. I think that's um, a nice little nod to uh, what the Golden Knights had to go through year number one. I kind of like that. I. I like the idea of a team yeah. having to play there because it, it builds the anticipation a little bit more for, for that first home game. You're like, oh, man, these guys have already played two games. I can't wait for them to come home. And, and I mean, it, 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 it was amazing. 
you know, for me, it gets the kinks out, right? Like, I, I think that you're going to have a team that's so incredibly nervous and so, so jacked up trying to, to live up to all the expectations that they could ever live up to in one game. Let them start on the road. Let them have a couple of games to kind of get things worked out, ironed out. And I think that was kind of the best thing for the Golden Knights year one. You go on the road, you galvanize early, you can come back a better team. And I think that that's what happened with Vegas. I would expect the same thing with the Seattle Kraken. A couple of, uh, of interesting notes on Seattle and a couple of players that are closing in on deals. It's reported that Jamie Alexiak and the Kraken are closing in on a five-year contract extension, average annual value, $4.6 million. So for me, I like Jamie Alexiak a lot. I think he's a really good hockey player, a really good defenseman. Five years at 4.6 seems a little high to me based on market value. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And the, the, it sounds funny. I'm, I'm always going to come back to Shea Theodore and his contract. Yeah. Is Shea Theodore only a million dollars a year better than Jamie Oleksiak? I think he's a lot better than Jamie Oleksiak. I, I, I like Jamie Oleksiak. I think he's a pretty solid defenseman, but he's not Shea Theodore. It, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's like, for me, I think it's a lot. The first two years, first couple of years, I think are fine. But I think once you get to the end of that contract, like, remember, the first guy that the Golden Knights extended was Braden McNabb. And look at that contract. It, it's, it's, it's a bargain. They extended him for four years, halfway through year one. I remember Jesse Granger was on the show with us sitting in studio, and we got the yeah. news that, uh, that, that McNabb had been extended. And that's a bargain. But, yeah, I, I think it. I think it is one hundred percent. But it, and it's tough, right? Because you're looking at two contracts in Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore that the Golden Knights brokered, in which you knew they struck at the right time with the player. Jamie Alexiak, a little bit older than both of those guys, and looking to cash in. I think that this is just the price of of trying to get, uh, you know, veteran players that are still on the right side of thirty under contract for this team to to establish an identity. Well, yeah, you had to know exactly what he was going to ask for before you drafted him because he was a UFA. So you, you knew when you took him what you were going to have to pay him. So obviously they were okay with that. And, um, you know, they, they were, I think, $41 million under the cap. Obviously now this changes that a little bit. You add $4.6 million to, to that. But they still have a lot of money to spend, and, and they have to – Obviously, extend a couple guys, sign a couple guys, and uh, I'm going to be interested to see how they spend that additional cap money. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but let's go and let's go to another deal that's reported right now in terms of the Seattle Kraken, Adam Larson and the Kraken again closing in on a four year, $4 million average annual value contract. So, four by four for Adam Larson, and it's not so much that he's he's signing with the Kraken at that number that is the story. It's the fact that there isn't much money left on the table in terms of what the Oilers offered. It's just that Adam Larson chose an expansion team over the Edmonton Oilers. How crazy is that to wrap your mind around? Yeah, that's that's pretty funny because it's like, uh, you could go back to, <laughs> to Edmonton and play with Connor McDavid, but... I mean, maybe, maybe he doesn't like Edmonton. Who knows? Maybe he wanted to change the scenery. Sometimes there, there, there's reasons that we don't know about why guys leave their, yeah. their current teams. But, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I Edmonton's probably the second best team in the division. What's going to be funny is he's going to get to play Edmonton a couple times next season when he's suiting up for the Kraken. So I don't know if this has anything to do with Adam Larson closing in on a deal with the Seattle Kraken, but the Edmonton Oilers are looking to bring back Mike Smith. And and bring back Mike, Mike Smith not on a one-year contract, but on a multi-year, a two-year deal at $2 million a year. And, and the only question that I have, legitimate question, this isn't me playing coy, I'm not joking, I'm not being sarcastic. My only legitimate question as to why you would do this is why you would do this. Why would you do this if you're Ken Holland? If you're Ken Holland, why would you sign Mike Smith for multiple years? <laughs> you know, the funny thing is Mike Smith had a really good uh-huh. regular season. He That's had great. a he had good. a very pedestrian NHL playoffs. Mike Smith not a not a young guy. He's up there in years. I I don't know why. Uh it, it, it certainly seems like that's an area maybe you could have improved. I mean, look, there were goalies that were left unprotected. Maybe you could have made a, a, a deal for one of those guys. Uh, yeah, it's it's not a move where you're like, this was a good move by, by the Oilers, right? They locked him up. They got him. No, no, it's not. And this isn't the first bad contract that the Oilers have given out this year, right? The first bad move they've made this offseason. This is probably the second bad move they've made this offseason. So, uh, I don't know. I like Mike Smith, and I'm happy that he's going to get paid, and he's got another two years in the league. But if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm not ecstatic about this. So you mentioned the fact that he had a good regular season. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll, I'll accept that. One, it was in the Canadian division. Two, it doesn't matter how good of a regular season he has when you get to a certain age and you have played the amount of games that Mike Smith has and you're inconsistent to start with. More often than not, when you get to the playoffs and you need Mike Smith to be very, very good, he's not. And for an Oilers team that needs to win a playoff series, I'm not talking about get to the dance. I'm not talking about just get to the playoffs. I think this is an organization in much the same way the Toronto Maple Leafs need to go out and win a playoff series next year. The Edmonton Oilers are in the exact same boat because you've got Connor McDavid for five more years and a first round exit is not what he is going to want. So I personally feel like you could have found a better goaltender on the whether whether it be via trade or in free agency than Mike Smith. I just don't understand going back to something that didn't work and hasn't worked for you ever. And here's my favorite part. For for Flurry fans, they have to look at this and be ecstatic because when Mike Smith's contract expires, this extension, he's going to be 41 years old. Right now, Mike Smith, 39. Yeah. Yep. I'm 42. When his contract ends, he's only going to be a year younger than I am today. I'm like, what? <laughs> he's going to be 41 it's it's not a good signing. I I mean, I don't understand it. I really legitimately don't understand it. But hey, I'm not Ken Holland and I also didn't sign or I didn't make a trade for Duncan Keith and I wouldn't have <laughs> if I was Ken Holland. So there there's the disconnect. Maybe that's what it is. I'm just not seeing eye to eye with what Ken Holland's vision is, but maybe he's got one and maybe the Oilers will be better off for it 
next season. Those are your one-timers for today, Wednesday, July 21st. Catching up with Chapman is next. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up on a Wednesday afternoon. Seattle Kraken halfway through their selections. Nothing different than what we had come to learn earlier on in the day, but still... I'm waiting for that side deal or two, that one that just completely knocks our socks off because, well, we need one. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, Big show today. Thanks to Nolan Patrick for stopping by early in hour number one. Thanks to Derek Englund for taking some time uh, to get into the nitty-gritty about the expansion draft in 2017, what what those expectations are and what they are now for the Seattle Kraken. And then, of course, Big thanks to Dave Gosher for sitting in, special guest co-host for me today. And tomorrow, we've got a bit of a treat for you. Guest co-host tomorrow, the voice of the Golden Knights on the radio side of things, Dan Duva. He's going to be sitting in with us tomorrow. But right now, it is time for everyone's favorite segment, <laughs> Catching Up with Chapman. Yeah, well, now now that I know Dan is going to be in with us tomorrow, I may have to drop the grunge theme and go with the little Bruce Springsteen because we know Dan is a huge, huge fan of the boss. But oh, uh, oh, la- last night, to the Milwaukee Bucks, they won their first NBA title in 50 50- years they did it i think a way a lot of people around the league would admire they they drafted uh a young kid named Giannis Antetokounmpo who uh they drafted eight years ago he re-signed with Milwaukee prior to the start of the season no distractions they went out and they they traded for the right pieces eight years with his teammate Chris Middleton Milwaukee Bucks first NBA title in 50 years it was very cool to watch and the reaction from those players, you could tell that they were so happy for that city because it's a city that, well, let's be honest, outside of the Green Bay Packers who don't play in Milwaukee, there's not a lot of championships that come to the state of Wisconsin. So so happy for those guys. It was very cool to see uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, and, and his teammates raise the uh, NBA championship trophy. And uh, I, I like watching small market teams win. I just think it's kind of fun. So it's interesting because I'm not like I don't watch a lot of basketball. I, I'm very much a, a zeroed in on hockey individual, and that's pretty much all I have time and energy to pour myself into. But I will say this in terms of Giannis over the course of the last couple of days, there's been a lot of different interviews that he's given about ego and, and really understanding how to not look at what you've done in the past, but what you look forward to, what you still have left to prove. And I thought that that was a really unique and interesting perspective, and I've liked a lot of what I've heard from him. So I found myself really liking him as that series wore on. So uh, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Cool story. Well done, Chapman. Yeah, and a very, very likable guy. So um, I I think it's very, very cool that he won and very happy for him. So, anything anything left in this expansion draft that's piquing your interest? <laughs> they're, they're through the entire Eastern Conference and no trades yet. All right. Well, there we are. Seattle Kraken have a team. We're back tomorrow with Dan Duva right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas.